This is from Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know how handy y'all are. Um, I've, I've learned over the years what I can do and what I can't do. And my father was always aware of my challengedness when it came to fixing things. And he would look at me and say the same thing. I don't care what you fix or break, just don't mess with electricity. He, he, he wanted me around, I guess, for the future. And, and I, so I, I would always watch the electricians work, or I would always watch these folk work, and I would ask questions and, and try to get them. And the air conditioner folks came to my house when I was in Cenotopia one time, and I was making conversation with them, and I said, oh, I didn't want to fool, like they, they would be, you know, I, I, I was trying to tell them, I would have fixed this myself, but I wanted to give you some money. You know, that's, that's kind of where I was. So I was looking at them and go, oh, I would have fixed this myself, but I don't mess with 220. You know, 220 volts. I thought, probably best to leave that alone, not get electrocuted, not do this. And the air conditioner man said this to me. He said, oh, you, you ain't got to worry about 220. He said, it's 110 you got to worry about. And I go, well, I fool with that sometimes. And he goes, no, 220, if you catch it, will blow you off of it. will knock you back. He said, 110 will just hold on to you and kill you. He said, you never want to be in between. He said, you either, want to, you either want it off or you want it to blow you away. He said, never in between. I learned a valuable lesson that day. The worst place is in between. It's a place of unrest, a place of danger, a place of unsettledness. It's not an easy or enjoyable place, but the world is full of those in-between places. Those places where we'd rather not be. Where it gets a hold of us and binds us and shocks us awake. Those places where we're in between jobs or in between life stages or in between resolution or in between moments of, of health or in between clarity. Those in-between moments are as old as Scripture today. We got, a, we got a group of folks who are called in-between. They're in-between Galilee and Samaria. They're in between Jesus and Jerusalem. They're in between wellness and sickness. 
They're in between life and death. Those in-between areas make us focus on our posture. How do we respond when we are unsettled? How do we respond when we are unwell? How do we respond when our lives are in turmoil and chaos? How do we respond when we are in between? When the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of change, I've noticed, as others have, that things happen. When we are confronted with the pain of staying the same and the pain of change, those things happen. So how comfortable are we in our in-between? Is it possible that Jesus could redeem our in-between moments? That they're not just times of unrest, that they're not just times of uncomfortableness, but that God might actually use them to get us to the place we need to be. I've found that when people are stuck, when we're stuck in an uncomfortable place, when we're stuck in life that we didn't ask for and didn't want, when things are in upheaval, we typically respond in a myriad of ways. And those myriad of ways can present to us either a solution or a continuation of the pain and the problem. We have 10 lepers today. They are in an in-between place. They are, as I said, between Galilee and Samaria. They are between Jesus and Jerusalem. They are between health and, 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 and sickness. They are between community and isolation. They are in between. And their response to that in-between is going to determine their future. So let me ask you, if you are in-between right now, and if you're not in-between right now, just wait around a few minutes and you'll be there. How are you going to respond? And how are we going to respond? And how did they respond? I think, first of all, a lot of times when we're in-between, we stand at a distance like the lepers today. Standing at a distance, in other words, can be we retreat or we hide. We retreat or we hide. We move to isolation and discouragement. That's, that's a default when we're stuck in between. And as a result, we settle for a life we know instead of dreaming of what might be. Possibly the best movie of all time. You don't have to agree with me. Don't care. You're not going to win the argument with me. It's Shawshank Redemption. Uh, if you've never seen it, you ought to watch it. It's a great movie. It's about a guy who is wrongfully convicted of murder and he's sent to Shawshank Prison. And while he's there, uh, the prison system there is a harsh one. It's a, it's a nasty one. He suffers greatly. He suffers the loss of his freedom, the injustice of being there. He's got friends around him who are suffering as well. And at the lunch table one day, they're sitting there and they're talking about this strange concept called hope. And Andy Dufresne, who's the main character is talking to Morgan Freeman's character, and he talks about hope and how hope is a great thing and how you shouldn't let the prison take your hope and you shouldn't let the pain take your hope and you shouldn't do this. And Red, who's been incarcerated forever, looks up at Andy and says this, Hope, let me tell you something, my friend. 
Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. It's got no use on the inside. Or if I could change it up a little bit, hope has no use in the in-between. Hope has no use in the in-between. See, Red's character has been in prison so long, he finds it easier to have despair than hope. It hurts less. I don't know if you've ever been in that place in the in-between, where it almost seems more dangerous to hope for something different to dream about something different, to imagine a world where the reality that is isn't the reality anymore. And when we get to that place, we retreat and withdraw and we pull the blanket over our head and all we want to do is be left alone. Because at least I can get used to feeling like that. But every time I dream, every time I hope, every time a healer comes through town, I, I reach out and I'm disappointed again. Are we to that place where we retreat and we hide and we just stay in our discouragement because how can things be any better? We stand at a distance. That's our natural response. So are you stuck in between because you're afraid of hope and what hope can do? The next thing that I, I see in our story, because they have retreated, they have pulled back from society, but now they're pushing forward. They're moving. They're moving. They're hollering out for Jesus. I think when we're stuck in between, sometimes we move just for movement's sake. And sometimes that movement is directionless. We assume that any motion will eventually lead us somewhere else. Anywhere is better than here. Uh, I find that, that I default to that one sometimes. Several years ago, Emily and I were traveling from Carthage to, to her home in Pope, Mississippi. And as we traveled, the weather got increasingly worse. And I don't know if y'all have ever been traveling and listening to the radio and all of a sudden uh, the emergency broadcast comes on and they tell you there's a tornado warning and they mention the county that you're in. So I, I, I don't like to stop when I'm traveling. I just want to get where I'm going. But Emily kept flipping out, freaking out. And she kept saying to me the same thing over and over. Stop the car. Stop the car, stop the car. And I go, it's, it, we're, we're just going to drive through it. And finally, she, she insisted in, in the not so nicest way possible that I pull the car over and we stopped. And the place we happened to stop was beautiful, scenic Tillatoba, Mississippi. I don't know if you've been there. Did, has anybody been to Tillatoba? There's only one thing in Tillatoba. What is it? A truck stop, but not a nice one. It's just a truck stop. And so we stopped at the Tillatoba truck stop and the weather got increasingly worse and worse. And finally, I looked at my wife and I said to my wife, I'm getting back on that interstate. And she said, you will not. And I said, I am. I'm not dying at Tillatoba. It's not ending for me here. It's not ending for me here. And I started to drive. I said, anywhere is better than here. And then she looked at me and said, what? Unless anywhere is where the tornado is. Sometimes we move 
we flee, we run, and we go to a different place thinking it's got to be better. Only to find out that it's just different. See, movement... For movement's sake, isn't always the best thing for us. If these lepers move towards some other healer, if they move towards another community, if they just wander aimlessly in the wilderness, they're not going to get what they need. Sometimes we feel like if we just move, God's going to go with us. But I would ask, are we stuck in between because we move without purpose? Because we move without direction, we end up where we don't need to be again. So we move directionless. So we can retreat and we can move without direction. Or maybe even we can become enemies of ourselves. If you understand first century culture, uh, one of the things that, that was bad in first century culture was a defiling skin disease like leprosy. Because if you had a defiling skin disease like leprosy, the law said that you had to leave your family, you had to leave your friends, you had to leave your community, and you had to go out into the country away from everybody else. And it wasn't bad enough that you were separated from everybody else. They also had regulations that said this, as anybody approaches you, you have to yell out, unclean. Unclean, 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 so that that person would know to avoid you, to go in a different direction. So your entire life turns into this dance of either being around broken people just like you, or as you approach society once again, you have to yell out that you are unclean, that you are not as you should be, that they should be afraid of you and avoid you. In other words... You reinforce your brokenness. Your words, your actions, your everything basically proclaim who you are becoming. That's the worst part about in-between places is we'll often reinforce our in-betweenness. We'll often reinforce what's got us there in the first place. We have habits and patterns that just keep us there over and over and over again. Sometimes we're responsible for those patterns and sometimes other people are. But if we do the same things over and over again, why should we expect different results? Why should we expect to be anywhere else? I think that's part of our scripture today is Jesus is freeing them from admitting or reinforcing the fact that they should be separated. He's going to fix them so they don't have to reinforce their outsideness all over again. These things that we do... These habits that we have, whether they're ours or somebody else's, they keep us stuck. They keep us stuck, and we've got to break free from that. In our scripture today, the the norms of society are what keep them stuck. You will never be more than you are, is what society tells these folks. You ought to be ashamed of who you are. That's what society tells these folks. You don't belong with us, is what society tells them. And Jesus is fixing to let them back in. 
So if we're in between, don't reinforce your in-betweenness by your patterns and by the patterns that the world has. You got to break the cycle in some way or fashion to get out of where you are. I think the most important thing we can do is we can look for folks who can help us out. We can look for folks who can guide us out of our in-betweenness. That's who Jesus is. And we can discover our Savior in the in-between. Jesus encounters them. Jesus heals them. The great part about the Scripture today is it, is it answers one of the main questions of our, of our existence, of our life. Uh, Stephen Jobert uh, has this quote that I like about about the great questions of life. He says this, because today's question of leprosy, today's question of sickness and healing, it always comes back to like a theodicy question. Why does why do good things happen to bad people and why do bad things happen to good people? Why am I stuck? Why am I suffering? Why is this happening to me? That's always our question. And Jobert says that shouldn't be our question. He says this, the question for any follower of Jesus is not if everything happens for a reason. Hear him. The question for any follower of Jesus is not if everything happens for a reason. But the real question that Scripture tells us to ask over and over and over again is not why did this happen, is not what's the reason for this happening. The real question of Scripture for followers of Christ is this, can anything separate us from the love of God? Can the in-between separate us from the love of God? Can being stuck separate us from the love of God? Can illness separate us from the love of God? Can society excluding me separate me from the love of God? Can the enmity in my family separate us from the love of God? Can this situation at work separate us from the love of God? Because if we ask the first question, we may never get the answer. But if we ask the second, we get it every time. These people are in the in-between. And the glory of the in-between is this. You're on Jesus' way somewhere. Jesus is going to find you there. Because here's the secret of the story. It says it right there in Luke. You can be healed and still be unwell. You can be healed and still be unwell. We can be sick and well all at the same time. As the ten come to him, they ask him for something. Lord, get us out of this in-between place. And the Lord says, get out of this in-between place. Go to the priest and show yourself, which is exactly what Scripture commanded them to do. Go show the priest. And in their hurry and in their rush to get out of the in-between spaces, they run and only one says, wait a minute, maybe I'll stay in the in-between longer so that I can turn around and go back to Jesus and tell him, thank you. Thank you for this in-between place where I discovered the healing necessary. 
And because of that, as they turn around and find Jesus in the in-between, he looks at that one man and says, what? Go, your faith has made you well. Ten were healed. One was made well. And it's because of this. Even in the in-between, he found Jesus and gave thanks. Not for his circumstance, not for his situation, but because Jesus noticed him and because Jesus was there with him. So what's the question for today? What's our calling? Our calling is discover the Jesus who stays with us in the good times and the bad. What can separate us from God's love? One fella in the story knew nothing separates, not even the in-between. The altar's open today. I don't know what burden you have. I don't know what joy you have. But if you want to bring it before the Lord, if you want to pray for something, the altar's open. If you come to the altar, either Susan or I will pray silently over you. If you need more than that, just let us know. But why don't you pray with me as we prepare to close out our service today? Lord, we may be stuck. And we may say to you, we don't want to die here. We don't want to be here forever. We don't want to be in between. But Lord, if we find you there, you can make us well. So Lord, show us your presence. Show us your power. Show us your mercy. And give us hearts that have gratitude no matter what. Not for the circumstances we find ourselves in. But for your presence there with us. Lord, give us your hope and allow us to live into it, not to retreat, not to reinforce those negative things, not to move directionless, but to instead find you and seek your instruction. Lord, speak to us in a real way. These things we ask and pray in your name. Amen. Would you stand as we close?